Uh, hello everyone, this is Hector Silva, back from a, was it a one day or a two day? Anyway, Caesar uh, was hosting the last live podcast, but now I'm back. Um, Caesar's still here, so he hasn't left. <laughs> you know, you could also say Zeldin, Zeladon, or Megatron. <laughs> That's also acceptable. <laughs> Joey Mastodon. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so I'm a transformer. Oh my really. God. Uh, but no, it's uh, of Costa Rican origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father is uh, an immigrant from Costa Rica. So I'm half Costa Rican and my mom is Irish American. So I'm your classic, you know. Your classic, uh, like. American uh, yeah, mixture it, of, you know, split down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So then, where were you born and raised? Oh, yeah. So I was born and raised in upstate New York. Th- okay. Um, three hours-ish north of um, New York City in a city called Schenectady, New York. That's a mouthful. Um, and uh, that's uh, Schenectady, New York, is actually <clears throat> the home of General Electric. Um, hmm. Yeah, so, so Schenectady's nickname as a city is the Electric City uh, because of that. And actually, uh, interesting fact. I thought, I thought Scranton was the electric city. What? <laughs> Scranton? <laughs> if you watch The Office, I'm a really big office. Oh, uh, you know, I love yeah, The Office. There's an episode where Dwight and Michael Scott are, make, they made a video. <laughs> and they're okay. saying, Scranton, the electric city. Anyway, it, continue. It, it could be, but <laughs> certainly not the electric city. Uh, yes. Oh, so the other fun fact about Schenectady is um, uh, Thomas Edison the inventor of the light bulb. Um, you know, he was affiliated with GE, and he mm-hmm. had his uh, his studio, his workshop, was in Schenectady. Whoa. Yeah, I don't believe he's from there, but Interesting. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, so a lot of invention yeah, history went down. went down in Schenectady. Yeah, yeah. So it's, Schenectady. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. It also, I, I also think it has the, um, uh, on a different tone, uh, I believe it hosts the most rehabilitation centers in all of New York State. So, hmm. just kind of a fun fact for you there. Too. Nice. Yeah. Is that near Rochester? No. So Rochester is, oh boy, I want to say northwest. Okay. Three hours, you know, yeah, northwest from there. Okay. So. So you ended up going there for college. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yes, boy, how did I choose RIT? This was back in 2002 when I first enrolled and that was the actual oh no that was the only design school I or any college university I applied to because um, you know I I went to uh, I was in AP drawing in, in high school my senior year right and <clears throat> we went to a portfolio um, portfolio review day where all of the, the universities you know on the East Coast mainly I believe uh, were there representing you know and, and giving all these design art and design students uh, portfolio critiques and um, and you could get, you know, they would review you like one out of five. Five is like the top score. And um, my teacher said, recommended, you know, I, excuse me, that's some burps. Uh, you know, I go to the RIT line because, I don't know, she probably thought I was a super nerd and RIT is a haven for nerds. And uh, <laughs> that was, that, you know, if I had to speculate, oh I don't know. God. She thought I would, I would really flourish no. uh, in an RIT, RIT. environment. Um, and so I did. I waited in line. And, portfolio review was like five out of five nailed it and um basically i got like early acceptance and you know i was like i don't know i don't really need to you know why mm-hmm. apply anywhere else exactly. it seemed like a good fit you know but then how did you end up in industrial design yeah so that actually that story happens um way back when i was okay so i was like eight years old when i first decided i want to be a shoe designer you were eight? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was obsessed with shoes, like Nike, yeah. Airs. Uh, so you were like... And Adidas and all this stuff. This was during the Michael Jordan era. That's right, yeah. And, and you had Mike, Air Jordans, Air Griffies. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. And I used God. to draw the profiles of these sneakers. And Penny would, Hardways. Yeah, oh, my God. Not as yeah. cool, but they yeah. were all right. <laughs> wow, okay. So you yeah. were your so obsession. I was obsessed with, yeah. with shoes and... And, you know, I would go to, like, Foot Locker with my mom, shoe shopping, back to school uh, shoe shopping. And, and I think she hated going with me because I would go to all the, you know, the Foot Locker, the 
what other ones? Finish Line, all the ones yeah. that you could go to in the mall. Even Payless, right? Just to get the smells of the off-gassing, <laughs> of the, of the uh, you know, the EVA midsoles, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's delicious. And so anyways... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think, yeah, that was cool to do back then, to go to Foot Locker. It's different now. It's but, different now. <laughs> well, now it's Amazon, uh, yeah. mainly. But anyway, so that's what got me into it. And then uh, it wasn't until I was like 14, uh, I was visiting an uncle uh, in California, in San Jose, California. And it was around the time when, you know, you're you, you, like starting to think about what I would go to school for, right? college, university. And he asked me, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I told him, a shoe designer. And he said, well, what are you going to study? What do you have to study to do that? And I said, I don't know. Like, no idea. So he said, all right, let's go on Nike's website and, and find out. And, and that was the time. And I remember the exact moment it said, you know, for a shoe designer role, like, must have, uh, you know, industrial design, product design mm. degree. And I was like, all right, that's it, done. Oh my god! I wasn't exposed to the internet until 2002. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, swear to God, had, we had dial-up. Dial I think at that time, you know, CompuServe oh style. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, you went to RIT. So you already knew, like, this is what I mean. I'm here for ID, and it so yeah. happened that RIT had a really good ID program too. Yeah, yeah. I, I lucked out, you know. I, yeah. I, and and I was, I quickly at RIT quickly became known as the the shoe guy. You know the the guy that would spin every project to be footwear related. You right. know, I think our our first consumer product class, product design class, uh, we had to we the brief was to design some kind of cooling device. You know, a fan. But they you know like they reframe it, you boil it down. And I was like, all right, how can I work that into a shoe? <laughs> Submitted <laughs> it to the housework competition. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, hit all these birds with one stone. You know. Well, I think. I mean, I think you. I mean, you kind of made your dreams come true fairly quickly because before you graduated in 2006, you racked up a couple interns in the footwear industry. Yep. Right. That's right. Yeah, I interned with Clark's uh, in Boston, um, I, summer after my sophomore year, and then the the following summer with mm -hmm. uh, New Balance. So, I got a good like taste of the two different worlds in shoes. You know, one is more. Uh, kind of the, the traditional craft, you know, shoemaking and more of the Geppetto style of Clarks. Shoe. Yeah, Clarks, yeah. totally. Um, yeah, the classic the, Clarks. Yeah, and I think, and I don't know if it's it's still referred to to this way, but they called it like brown shoe. Um, I don't know, do you, is that right? Brown, so. brown shoe is like, I don't know why, like, well, I, I guess, yeah. I like Geppetto. Geppetto, <laughs> right? They no. should call it Geppetto style. Geppetto wasn't a shoemaker. Oh. He was a carpenter. Yeah, but he was uh, a maker. But who, really, he didn't make shoes? I could have sworn. We have our... Um, You're like our lifeline. <laughs> so if we have any questions about shoes, yeah, we there have you go. Caesar exactly. over here. Um, so, yeah, where was I? Uh, oh, yeah, and the New Balance was, of course, the athletic side, right? Okay. Um, so I got a taste of both. And it was awesome, you know, I, I mean, you know, shoes are amazing products, right? And, yeah. um, and it's, it's kind of an interesting industry where <clears throat> one of the, a kind of a unique industry in industrial design in that it's, it's this blend of soft goods with hard goods, right? Mm -hmm. Fashion with um, true product design. And I think that's what really um, uh, was appealing to me about it. Yeah. I think it's appealing to many people who understand, like, I'm obsessed with shoes, not enough to be a footwear designer, I sketch them all the time, and I obsess with buying the right one, and I think being a footwear designer is pretty tough, because you, mm. you, th it's the most, it's probably one of the, the products that we use the most, not, like, outside of our iPhone, yeah, because you actually point. wear it, and you actually, like, has to be robust because you mm. have to wear it through terrains and yeah. you know it's something that we don't think about it's just like yeah it's no you're right and it's wow. in that sense it's like hyper utilitarian yeah right like it's and it's it's the thing that's keeping us separating us between the earth right mm -hmm. at all times and um but at the same time it's such a fashion symbol right it's like yeah. super utilitarian and humble 
because yep. it's like it's wrapped around your smelly feet <laughs> and uh, like on the ground you know stepping in dog shit and gum and whatever else is on the <laughs> you know and your commute yep and and yet it's you know it's quickly elevated to these you know you mm-hmm. know sex and you know fashion and just curves and beauty you know so it's so many things so like many i don't things. think yeah i'm trying to think of another product that Maybe there is, but hopefully someone knows, or we'll, I'm sure we'll circle back. But that's amazing. Then you graduated, and then you work full time at Clark's. Yep, I got a I got a job offer before I graduated, so I was, you know, I was, I was set up. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was good. I yeah, you really good. nerdy, really fit in into the. <laughs> that's awesome. That's I'm yeah, sure yeah. RIT was super like stoked. Yeah, the, the, all the amazing accomplishments that were going on with you as a young student. Yeah, no, it was it was good. You know, I, yeah. I got a lot out of it. You know, I, I'm super thankful for studying there. You know, it's yeah. an amazing program. Professors are amazing. It, it brings in a really great student body, super talented people. Um, but I will say, <clears throat> uh, for for those uh, tuning in, uh, who are uh, the students who are and professionals looking. Uh, to get you know some serious internships under their belt, um, you know my process for getting these internships was it started out as just cold calls. I would I would call these companies and you know I, I actually made just a list of all shoe companies I could think of, get all their phone numbers on a sheet of paper and then I would just call them and I would have my elevator pitch you know, and it was just really asking them hey do you have an internship program like I'm looking for, you yep. know. An internship. This is way before LinkedIn and social media, where you can stalk people and like find people's like actual names, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, and so I got you know, it's like it really is luck. It's timing, but it's also putting yourself out there, right, mm-hmm. and trying, and that's the key. Yeah. And being genuine and authentic. That's right. That's right. Because yep. if you yep. put stuff out there, and you get hired, and you're not performing to what you're putting out there. That's true. That's very true. It's a very small community. Yeah, people oh, will yeah. definitely hear about yeah. it. No um, but for those who are really smart, and I think you mentioned something very awesome, so you would cold call companies. Mm-hmm. That that that's kind of rare now because you know yeah. email and all that, and sure, professional sure. LinkedIn and all that stuff. But if there's someone out there who does that, I think that could still function because people would be like, "Oh my god!" They'd be thrown off by it. Yeah, and then, like, but they're gonna be like, "This guy's a genius because super memorable because yeah. no one's doing it. No right? one's doing it." Yeah, so who knows? No one likes to talk on the telephone anymore. No, no one wants to do the human <laughs> connection until yeah. But you're amazing. you're right. Like, and I think also yeah, the fact that no one's doing that anymore. But but also the fact that you you have intonation, you have the human voice, you know, to, working to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Even if you're nervous on the phone, whatever, that shows vulnerability. And some people are like, ah, oh, you know, this kid's really putting it out there. You know, like you want you know. So, so you might get someone who's. Who wants to take you under their wing? Or, yep. I don't know. It, Just there's a lot know. of opportunity with it. Yeah. yeah. There was a guy when I was in school uh, that sent a, a pizza to the whole office, and then when they'd <laughs> open the pizza, there was his resumes were inside. <laughs> I don't know if you got the job, but when I was an undergrad, that was <laughs> oh a God. story. That, that's that. Well, it was like you got to be creative, and I'm like, that's pretty awesome. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's creative. I mean, that's practical because that's practical. That's got right. lunch, you know. Yeah. But, all right. So. You worked at Clark's, yep. and then from there, you went from the footwear industry, you went into design consultancy, mm-hmm. you started working at Continuum yeah. for like four years, mm-hmm. something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And this is all in Boston? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what, uh, what made you go from Clark's, and then you jumped <clears throat> into Continuum? So, yeah, and I think this, at this point in my career, so it was like almost two years, um, two years in, you know, like maybe a year and a half of being a professional designer, um, doing only shoes at this point. And I think this is the most pivotal time in my career, making that move. And this is where it could be a little, um, what, is, what is the word? Uh, not contentious, but um, I, I'm, I can't think of the word. But, well, so. The, the word is, what I'm trying to say is it's it's like some people will agree, others will disagree with this. And this is just my own um, point of view in my career. So it's, it's a personal thing, right? Uh, is that <clears throat> as much as I love designing shoes, uh, you know, I, 
I just, I don't know. I, I, I got to a point where I designed so many, even within the span of a year, that uh, you know I just couldn't imagine designing, um, you know, season after season of shoes. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw, I kind of saw my my life flash before my eyes, or my potential future, yeah. and it, it almost scared me. You know, because it was exciting at that thought, like. Yeah. Man, this is it. I did it. I got. I'm a shoe designer. You know what a beautiful thing. But I don't know. It was almost like a, I needed a, a new challenge. And the thing that I also, what I didn't, what I don't like is being told that I can't do something. You know, like being told that I'm. Oh, I'm. I'm being labeled just a shoe designer. I wanted to just be a designer. Yeah. You know that can apply a cr creative process, creativity to anything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There's only a few that have that like I look at Michael DiTullo yeah he does he's who similar. has like gone to all these companies because he was in shoes for a number he was of in years. shoes and then he was in you know tech electronics mm -hmm. and housewares and but it's just like yeah. having that tenacity to explore and jump around and yeah yeah and, and that said like there's just as much honor and tenacity to to go go all in in, no. in shoes or, or something else, right? Yeah, of course. And I think it's a beautiful journey either way. So yeah. So yeah, I went to um, uh, I got a job with Continuum. Yeah. Uh, Design Which is Continuum. pretty big. Continuum is a pretty prestigious firm. They are. Yeah. And then the, then you ended up at Smart. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Four years at Continuum. Four years at Smart. Yeah. Uh, with a year uh, sabbatical in between. Okay. And and. The Great Recession was happening, too. <laughs> oh, Let's not yeah. forget about that. Let's not forget about that. That's the year that I graduated. Oh, so yes. So I, I went from graduation you. straight into vacation. <laughs> Man, aren't you lucky? Like, yeah. You know, early retirement. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's right. Early retirement. Yeah, that's right. 2008. And there was that, that could be done, retiring early 20s. <laughs> um, yeah, so you work with Dan, Dan Formosa at Smart? Yes, uh, I did. So what are some Great. other... What are some of your other colleagues that were as smart? Um, like, by name? Sure. I mean, oh, I'm man. sure that they're... I mean, do you know what's her name? She was in the movie Objectified. Agatha? Is that her name? Oh. I think now she works at Design Wait It in Germany. Yeah. But she was in uh, Objectified and she was designing Ang the... What's her name? Anga? Agatha? Anga? I, I think it starts um, with the A. No, no. I know Wait, you, did I you guys overlap? No. I, I met her. No. She came to my school to really? give a talk. No, I did. Yeah. We didn't overlap. No. Okay. But I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who Who else was at at Smart uh, at the um, time that you were there? Boy, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I guess we don't have to name them. But you what? were at Smart uh, for four years, and then after that, you left. This was in New York City, right? Yep. Then you left to then come to the Midwest. That's right. So I was recruited through LinkedIn uh, for a job, about a job at uh, Steelcase in yeah. Grand Rapids, Michigan, of all places. And, uh, and when I saw the email from the recruiter, I was like, oh, wow, Steelcase. Like, and it's, you know, principal level. Um, I was intrigued. And then I saw Grand Rapids, Michigan. I was like, where is that? Yeah, I had never heard of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it was a big change, you know, yeah. like, but huge opportunity. Yeah, big city to small city and oh, yeah. Very consultancy small. to a corporation. Yeah, yeah. So that's so some pretty a couple of big changes. Very big, yeah. And like anything, it's pros and cons, you know. Yeah. On, on each side. Yeah. So now you're a principal designer at Steelcase Health. I visited there last summer. It's really awesome. Oh, the tour I gave you? It's, yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah. I was there? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bethany and myself, we went there That's and you right. gave us the tour. Yeah, it might have been my, my um, clone. It's, yeah. literally, <laughs> <laughs> it's literally a tech company. Yeah, that's working right. in the furniture. But. Yeah, cool. I'm glad that stuck with you because that's oh, absolutely, how it, yeah. cool. That's kind of how I saw it. It's like, and that's yeah. what I love about Steelcase is that it's not your, your classic, uh, yeah, furniture company, furniture maker, right? Um, they're all about <clears throat> creating um, spaces that, you know, solve people's needs through furniture, architecture, lighting, um, yep. technology, you know, interfaces. So, um, you know, when it's reframed that way, I was like, 
you know, when I went in my interview and got a tour and everything, I was like, all right, this is this is pretty amazing, you know. It's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember you showing us the rooms that were like, I can't explain, but they're oh. they're pretty like things were like, like for privacy reasons. Yeah, that's and right. The, I know you're talking it was about because you amazing. did the little uh, the little. What do you call it? Like the transparent and the... Yeah, the, so that's... I know you're talking about. That's the... Uh, it's called Casper Cloaking Film. Yeah. And... Um, Is that patent? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> okay, I hope so. Because <laughs> if not, I'm yeah. fired right now. All the patent um, lawyers are all <laughs> No, no, that's... that's yeah, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's patented and it's it's available now, I believe. Um, and so what what that does is it's it's just a thin film that goes over like you know glass uh, facades and you know around offices or or, um, or or conference rooms and and it it allows you to to look into the into the room but it just uh, blacks out people's screens so any monitor just blacks That's out. That's crazy. So you get so you get transparency with confidentiality, right? Oh. So it's pretty cool. Can't trust anyone. Even <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your right. coworkers at the same company. Uh, but um, so you've been there for how long? Like a year and a half? No, now, been, two years? Uh, just over two years. Nice. Yeah. And um, how are you liking Grand Rapids? It's nice. You know, it's a nice change of pace. It's yeah. uh, you know, I think it uh, it's much slower. Yeah. Right, you know, work life balance. Yeah. Um, and you know, and that's really great. Super valuable. Because it gives me more time to work on side projects, which, you know, That's I think good. we all have our side hustles, right? It's true. So I, I, yeah. I, I spent my time writing a book this past year. Yeah, years. which we'll talk about shortly. <laughs> um, so you, were, you were a speaker at these two conferences that were just amazing. Oh. From, from what I heard. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. But we're one. the ESA conferences? No, no, no. <laughs> wow, way to put me in an awkward position. Uh, just no, no, no. The two... Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the two Square One conferences. Oh, yes. The first course. one happened here right. at the University of Illinois in Chicago. Yeah. second one happened 10 months later at the Illinois Institute of Technology, where mm -hmm. you were at today, the same venue. You were there as a speaker twice. Tell us a little bit about your experience going there the first time yeah. and then giving us, the Advanced Science Sketching Team, an opportunity to then provide you with a better experience the second time. How was it? Um, what did you like? What didn't you like about it? You don't have to answer that. But, um, <laughs> but like, what, I mean, uh, of course if not. you want to just talk about, about these conferences. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I thought... First of all, there were, I mean, no one really has, has hosted a conference like that before, mm -hmm. you know, in my lifetime, or at least that I'm aware of as a designer, you know, where it's, it's so, like, hyper-focused yeah. on an aspect or a process of design. And, and, you know, and the first one specifically around sketching, yep. you know, I thought that it was, a, it was a bold move, right? It was, it was iconic in a way, right, um, in terms of... As far as conferences go, and mm -hmm. designing a conference, right? I mean, that was your design project was to design a conference, pretty much, yeah, for designers and yep. creative people. So, um, yeah, I thought it was super fresh and, and grassroots and uh, very indie. It didn't feel like your run-of-the-mill like corporate conference. You know, I think it it just felt super raw, like unhinged in a good way. Mm -hmm. You know, and and just authentic. Um, and actually, the first one, the venue, uh, which is, is it here? It was at the School of Design, yeah, here. Okay, yeah, and <clears throat> the way, that, it was like in an octagon mm -hmm. room, Yeah. up like multiple. Yeah, it was like two floors, yeah. and it was like, the layout was like an octagon. Yeah, and it, it was it was actually really epic, in my opinion, because yeah. remember when you, I think it was like when you first announced everything mm -hmm. the first day, and everyone was like on multiple levels on the octagon, you were at the very bottom, Yeah. like kind of like, you know, to to the whole room. Yeah, it I felt think like, it felt like Mortal Kombat or something. Yeah, you know? yeah it, it, felt, it, it felt like UFC. It was yeah, like UFC. UFC. Yeah, totally. it was. As someone said that we should have had like a design UFC match or something, some type of metaphor <laughs> from there. But yeah, I think on, on that in that part, I just wish that the school was able to hold more people. Yeah, because it yeah. it was packed. It was like, packed. Yeah. It was like hot and sweaty packed. Yep, yep. It's like a subway. <laughs> yeah, it was like subway and the. The AC goes off. 
Um, yeah, and then the square one happened again in the summer. Yeah. For some That's reason, right. we were like, let's do it again. I know, I couldn't believe it. It was like, <laughs> it was like the next day. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, what is, <laughs> What's wrong with these it people? It was like a twofer. Don't they have a life? Yeah. yeah. I was like, wait, it hasn't been a whole yeah. year already? I know, tell me and about it. it wasn't, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh my God. This guy's work. I know, yeah. Uh, but the second one was, you know, I'd say just as good, maybe better. Mm-hmm. I think it was, yeah, it was, it was better because I think you worked out all your kinks, you know. Um terms of logistics the spaces the venues um yeah it was it was really cool yeah yeah that's good i mean i think the designing a conference in itself is a design process and going through all these iterations and being a part of a team and trying to figure out who's good at what and who's going to execute what and it's crazy you know and I, i think there's a lesson to be learned with that like the persistence of you know putting out your sophomore album mm-hmm. actually so soon after your debut yeah. so to speak right and because um, they always say in like the music industry the sophomore album is, mm-hmm. is usually the hardest right because it's like how do you how do you outdo the yeah, first yeah how do you do because you spend you? you spend like well, I mean like the build up to your very first album the debut mm-hmm. I mean that's years of work and like yeah. thought process iteration and then sophomore album you only get so much time but anyways what I was going to say was um, typically in you know innovation and and creating putting an idea out into the world or creating a startup you know there's there's some metric on it but you know the the majority of them fail the first go of it Mm -hmm. but those who actually persevere and and take a second stab at it Mm -hmm. the it's pretty amazing the the number and I can't remember the exact figure but um, the success rate spikes tremendously on that second go nice because and I think you know that's a testament to to to, yeah perseverance and and also to what we do as designers like the design process right we Mm -hmm. make us learn and we don't we don't just if we don't get the idea right the first time we just say oh all right didn't work right but we learn and we pivot and then and then you make it right Yep. So, so I think yeah, that's what you, you guys are doing with uh, square one and yeah. I mean, we're trying. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah, exciting. it's no easy task. And then now we're we have these two conferences, and you know we, you know, there's a little, of course, there's a little bit of of, of cockiness, you know, like yeah, you know, we got it, we know what we're doing, uh, but yeah. warning, we don't. Okay, mm-hmm. like we we're still you know young, we're still learning, and yeah. Um, the, 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 we're organizing now the third one that I can't really talk much about it, but that third album is well, yeah, it's yeah. like the trilogy. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like the Blade trilogy. Yeah. You know? yeah, I love how snipes, we're, we're you know, comparing he, these to music. You know, he, he like, ended on a high note. Yeah, and uh, you know what? This is like, um, you know, Lord, the the musician. Mm-hmm. Man, she had an awesome first album. I'm totally going off off rail. And then nothing happened. She she oh, yeah, came out right. with a second album, and was it was like... Was she the one who did the Chandelier song? No. Or was that someone else? No. Her second uh, album is I'm an old millennial, what can I say? Her second album is awesome? Her second album is so good. Oh, man. Well, maybe she'll well, be more, maybe, indie, more indie. You know, I don't know, yeah. Cover. Oh, sorry. Nice I, I don't... Really? Damn. Okay. All right, we got to investigate that. Yeah, I'll have to... We'll have a whole podcast specifically <laughs> about music. To be music continued on that And Lord, but... Okay. Now we have all these questions, and these are all like rapid fire, right. hot seat questions. Do like, I'll do my you might best. feel uncomfortable. You might have to dig off your scarf. Oh uh, yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm, I'm using this to cover my neck. Oh okay, beard. gotcha. Yeah. Say no more. <laughs> all right, tell us what happened to your dominant hand. Oh, all right. <laughs> I had a feeling this was gonna come. So. It, was, it was nice. So, so if you want to show, show it. yeah, and you saw the I, I posted this, nah. you know, um, last week or something. Um, so yeah. The story goes. Uh, the real story. Yeah, the real story. <laughs> uh, I was attempting to to cook, and I was trying to cut a spaghetti squash. Okay. And the knife slipped, and hit the tendon in my pinky. I know it's a pinky cut, but when you hit a tendon, it becomes systemic, and it's like it's like cutting a rubber band. And and what happens is, uh, each end retracts. And and so I had so when when the when I actually cut it, um, mm-hmm. 
And of course, you're probably wondering, how did he do it when he's holding the knife with that hand? But I was holding it in a way that was almost like, you know, a, like mur you a murder position. Someone. And um, and so, you know, as you can probably imagine, I'm a very experienced chef. Wow, that's a uh, really good knife. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, so I cut the tendon, and the sensation from from the cut was like, it was nothing I'd ever felt before. It was like... I thought for sure I cut my finger off. Yeah, because but it, it definitely didn't didn't even hit the bone. Oh my god! You know, but it was deep enough to hit the tendon, and because of that, I couldn't um, I couldn't bend my pinky. You know, so it was like hanging out like straight, you know, super straight like this. So uh, that's, that's so this the story. Ha this happens. You were cooking dinner. Yeah, yeah. Food prep. And then you were. Went to the went, hospital? Yeah, went to the uh, emergency room and, you know, it's like, it, it's just a weird thing because it's like a pinky yeah. cut, you know, and, and Martel, uh, my wife, was uh, laughing at me, you know, when I was kind of <laughs> freaking out in the emergency room. She was like, it's okay, you just cut your pinky. Yeah. And I was like, no, <laughs> something's not right here. Oh, man. So then what's going to happen to your pinky? <laughs> yeah, it so it's, it's going to heal fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I think this happened a month ago already. Okay. So you got and, stitches? Yeah, so, uh, well, I got stitches initially to, to hold it together, the cut, and then I had to get surgery a few days later while I was still fresh. Uh, and the surgery, you know, I went, I went under completely, you know, when they, when they cut open my hand. Cause they, because they, each end of the tendon retracts, the surgeon had to actually make more cuts into my hand, like the palm of my hand to find the end to reattach it. The cure? Uh, like, like here, oh. and I can, I can show you if you want. It was like when, it was like, <laughs> yeah, show us. It was, <laughs> it, it was like when they were, when Annika Skywalker was like, this was a Star Wars reference. Sure. And actually this is, this is the second surgery I've had on this hand. So I have, I have a thing with this hand. I don't know what it is. I this is your dominant hand. That's right. So I don't know. I don't know if it's dominant Dude, you need anymore. to like walk with like <laughs> aluminum like yeah, protection bubble wrap. Yeah. So I'll take off the, the little. So right now it's recovering. It is, yeah. And but I'm, so, I've started PT, you know, physical therapy yeah. now, and so it's gotten a lot better. Yeah. Um, I can actually, I can now hold a pen, but um, I can at this point, my left hand, my non-dominant, is actually better for sketching because I just this is too weak. Yeah. So I'm doing exercises for strength, you know, building the strength and also like getting the flexibility back. So, um, so this is as much as I can open my hand currently. Oh yeah, I see and you that. can see, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you can get that on the camera there, but you know, the surgeon did a good job sealing it up. But yeah. I'm get the the challenge becomes um, on the scar tissue, you know, as that as that builds up, um, it like getting in the way of, you know, my so flexibility. Right now it's like swollen. Yeah, right, it's a little still bit. yeah, it's still swollen, yeah. definitely. So I'm doing things like, you know, little finger sit ups and uh, massaging the scar tissue. You yeah. Know, so So what is the time frame until they uh, so I'm supposed to part ways with that splint next week. Okay. And starting next week I do the more intensive um, active active uh, PT because I've been doing um, since last week the passive um, exercises, which is like, you know, I'm told like, do as much stretching as this hand alone can do on its own. But mm -hmm. starting next week, I'm gonna, I think, you know, I can start to use this hand to like, force these fingers to straighten and stuff. But because you know tendons like that, that stuff goes, that's like this whole network throughout yeah. your hand into your arm, and yep. and so I feel the pain like in my wrist and even up my arm. You know, I can feel Jeez. it all. Like it's like bending my wrist is even sore. You know, so yeah. Well, I mean, you definitely started a big support. There's a lot of people supporting and rooting for you. Yeah, on, no, I, on I Instagram. I was super, yeah, humbled by that. Very, yeah. very touched. You know, like I, I just figured, you know, why not? You know, put it out there. And yeah. I thought, hey, it could be a good challenge for all of us, right? To yeah. Um, so I I did it and I'm horrible at it. <laughs> so yeah, no, me too, man. I'll make sure that. That's. Well, I'm happy that you're now on the path 
Yeah, to, path, path to recovery. Yeah. Um, so, all right, we're going to move on from your dominant hand. Okay. And hopefully next time I see you, you know. I'll be back to, we're, back to normal. Yeah, you're, you're back and you're uh, 100%. How do you feel about Instagram? Not the social, not, I'm, I guess I should rephrase that. How do you feel about industrial design on Instagram? Huh. And it's funny because you recently just had 40,000 followers. Oh, yeah, right. But that's well, not why the, I'm bringing no, up no. the question. But I know we've had discussions before about... Yeah, um, I think it's it's good and it's bad, you know. Well, I don't know if it's bad necessarily, I mean. But, I mean, like, there's no question the exposure and the mm-hmm. community that forms, you know, and, like, the sharing of ideas and, I mean... Talk about like make test learn and piloting ideas. No, like, man, never before have have we as designers been able to do it instantly and do crowd crowd uh, sourcing. You know, like at the drop of a hat. You know, yeah. like if you're if you're wondering if if you have a good idea or like you have a question and you want to just you know do the poll thing. And I mean, I like it's even crazy. even for touchy feely when I two years ago like I started posting those you know the touchy feely sketches on there and asking people like what how does this make you feel um i started to over time build like a cult following on that idea right yeah and then by the time i launched the book it's like i had an audience you know people that were interested and invested in it so the value is there definitely yeah because before before instagram what were we doing? I mean, well, can you imagine launching a book prior to social no, media? No, I mean, It'd be like, okay, well, if it's at, if it's at Borders or at Barnes and Noble, <laughs> you know, like then it's there. Well, there was Kickstarter before, yeah, right, because that came, well yeah, before, but, but um, it was still not as. Yeah, it wasn't as mature. Was like, yeah, yeah. But even still, like putting something on Kickstarter, yeah. you know, the combination of having Kickstarter with the social media, yeah. Uh, as a way to pilot ideas is, is so powerful because yeah you can you can build up this idea and lead up to a launch of something mm-hmm. you know and see see who bites so okay yeah I'm trying to think of the negatives you know um, <clears throat> yeah okay so definitely the negatives is that this instant gratification thing and this goes beyond just industrial design on social media but I would say actually in in for the sketching portion, like, um, you know, we all know sketching is important. You know, it's, it's a way to communicate our ideas. You could do it very pragmatically. You could do it very, um, you know, uh, very, uh, what is it, emotionally mm-hmm. or, or gesturally and, um, and, and very provocatively. But um, I think industrial design on, on Instagram has... I don't know. It's it's put too much importance on, you know, creating eye candy because I notice like there's these render weekly things and the, you know, everyone wants to get these really tight, beautiful drawings, and and it's really just about to. It's really becomes just about amassing a bigger following, mm-hmm. you know, and that's fine, sure, but I don't know. Like, are all of the is the next crop of design like younger designers? Are they gonna have any substance to them? Or is it just gonna be, you know, and like like deep thought and really problem solving skills, or are they just gonna be pixel uh, pushers, right? Pixel pushers, mm-hmm, that's the term. Mm-hmm. Right, you know. And to me that's that's the danger of it. Um, and but you know, if if you're okay with that, that's fine, but you need to be aware that, you know, that's not <laughs> That's not that's the only thing of design, right? I mean, yeah. design is way more than, uh, you know, making pretty sketches. Yeah, I was uh, last, in the spring, there was a student that reached out to me who wanted me to review his portfolio. So I, I was like, sure. And I, he sent me his portfolio and I was looking at his work. And then in the part where he shows his sketches, all his sketches were like, so nice and I'm like okay wow this is cool but he didn't show any type of iteration or refinement it was almost like he I guessed I was like I wonder if he sketched if he spent hours making these sketches look so gorgeous so that 
in, you know, in, your, in his portfolio, I, there was like there was just there was no transition, right? Like it was really easy for me to pick him, this guy out, mm-hmm. and then and then I asked him, I'm like, hey, where's all like the like I want to see all the the form development, like all like all the dirty stuff, you know, the yeah, the yeah. stuff that that that's gonna tell me that you're thinking through form and that you're right. thinking your decision making. And he was like, well, I don't have any of that. I like spent hours yeah. on making I'm like why would you do that yeah. and then he was well, just telling me about yeah, he's like you know if I can do this in like on Instagram then this guy would get a job and I'm like well yikes <laughs> like oh, I don't man. know I don't I mean, know I mean unless unless you know I think you know unless you want to do that have that be your full time job where you're insta famous and then you're yeah. like a Kardashian you know that's you know like that's a different thing altogether yeah. right and so if that's your goal then then sure keep keep you know polishing up these sketches and trying to amass more following and i think there is you know this maybe it's a generational thing but no it this I, the phenomenon of fame you yeah. know that's that's universal i mean that's existed for i don't know how long right but it comes in different forms in each generation and I think it's become more democratized or more accessible through social media more than ever Um, and you know like you see yeah the Kardashians man you just can't get away from it but anyways I digress alright alright these are again I I said rapid fire and none of this has been rapid fire (laughs) but um, I'm going to ask you questions and if you want to just with one word answer so uh, share with us a product you absolutely love. Yeah, I would say the um, the Aim Splint. That's the one I always the the one I always go to, and I, I actually own an Aim Splint that I found at an antique furniture store in Grand Rapids. Uh, that's another perk of living in Grand Rapids, Furniture City. You only found one, right? Not two. <laughs> yeah, that's I know. Right. I remember I kept asking <laughs> you, <laughs> like, "Hey, Joey, <laughs> all right, <laughs> share a product with us you're not a big fan of, oh, and and you own that I own. Yeah, that I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, um, that knife that cut my finger. <laughs> 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 no, that was my own fault. The knife, it's, yeah. It all right. Well, we could leave it there. Yeah. Uh, share with us a product you own and are embarrassed about. <clears throat> oh boy, that's a tough one. You have to have something. You're like, uh, I don't want anyone knowing about this. I just leave it here. <laughs> <laughs> I know I have it, but I just that's it'll come to me. Okay. It'll come to me. Yeah, boy. We'll come back to that. Okay. Another question: Is Joey Saladone's hair natural? Do you comb it, gel, hairspray? <laughs> Do you have a stylist? <laughs> yeah, I have a stylist. Who doesn't? Oh my god, I have a personal chef too. Okay, maybe that's the perks of having two, you know, cultures. Oh, really nice hair. Really, thank you. That's, <laughs> very, that's very sweet of yeah. you. <laughs> I, on the other hand, have to wear a hat because when it's humid in Chicago. Yeah. My hair goes in all opposite. Oh, really? It's so gross. Yeah. Huh. Well, thanks. Wow. Yeah. So, um, here's uh, yes, another one. Yes, it is natural. Yeah, okay, natural. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the future of industrial design is? Oh boy, that's not a rapid. Fire that's definitely question. not a rapid fire one. But working at Steelcase Health, there has to be things you guys are working on, like five years. I guess yeah. you don't have to tell us, but right, I can't. But there's, um, hmm. I think, like, a very common thing that a lot of designers are talking about. is like the, the Internet of Things and AI oh, and AR. You're not talking about process. You're not talking about, like, VR I guess this sketching. could be anything. Okay. Because be... I noticed that VR sketching is, is, like, a new trend, right? Newer, newish. And I, I just, know. I don't know. I, I don't get into it. I don't get, I don't get into VR, like, sketching. But maybe I need to try it. Maybe I need to... Yeah. Give it a shot. Have you tried it? No, I know the University of Cincinnati, their transportation department huh. has a bunch of VR sets and they do that to design because I, I wrote an article about uh collaborative learning and I know that I interviewed one someone from there, but I know some education 
programs are starting to look into it, but yeah, no, yeah, it hasn't I should, really I caught should, my eye. I shouldn't knock it till I try it, but I feel like you know every few years or so there's a new. Or you can knock it until they're like, "All right, Joey, you should try it," and then they give you the. That's true. Yeah. Oculus is like, uh, "All right, you know, we have to prove you." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, future of industrial design. Ah. Uh, that could be anything, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like. Yeah. Like you're you're, I mean, I've seen the evolution even just in my career. You know, like mm-hmm. focus on. Um, product to then expanding to experience yep. ecosystem line of products mm-hmm. yeah uh, smart and connected internet of things then like services where you got journey maps and products fall within that and actually yeah I kind of in the way I always see design is like through um, you know I always use this theater um, metaphor of like um, you, you know like the, the, the stage or the, the backdrop the scene uh, is the context mm-hmm. right that the product's used in? You have mm-hmm. the characters, right? Mm-hmm. You have your target audience, and then the props that are used in the in the performance, right? Those are the things we design. Mm-hmm. But um, but thinking about it through the theater lens really puts it in perspective of what the value that we're creating or or what it's tied to, right? The larger story, the larger yep. narrative. I don't know. To me, like that will continue to be more and more important yeah. you know in, into the future of ID okay touchy feely tell us in a minute about how this started and how you were able to solidify this idea from a long time ago into a book that was going was a crazy thing that happened this year, right? 2018? Yeah. yeah and you released it, and it, it was, like, big. Yeah, I mean, as as far as design books go, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, successful on Kickstarter. Yeah, so, uh, what was the question? Like, how did it all happen? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sure, like, how did you, again, one minute. How uh, did you, uh, <laughs> when did you start thinking about Touchy Feely? Yeah, when I came up with it. Like, yeah. This was been... back in 2010 okay. when I was at Continuum. You know, I came up with this idea of emotional ergonomics. Because, yeah. you know, at that time, ergonomics was, yeah. was in human factors, was like the talk of the town still. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what about, you know, the emotional side? And so I started doing these drawings and, you know, over the years. And I always wanted to, I always thought in the back of my mind, yeah, it'll make a great book, but geez, who has the time for that, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, we moved to, <laughs> you moved to, Grand, to Grand Rapids. <laughs> I had the time. Nice. I was like, all right, all right. here we go. Yeah. Uh, and so that's nice. that's when we decided, yeah, with Martel's help, yep. um, you know, we, we made the plan. We, we treated it like a design project, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, set, set a tentative goal of launching it on Kickstarter. And then I got asked to, to be the keynote speaker at... Uh, RIT, you know, at the IDSA Northeast District Conference this year in the spring. And I was like, all right, this is perfect. We're going to launch the book on Kickstarter yeah. when I gave my keynote. Nice. And that's what we did. So. That's amazing. Um, what else you got? I have one more question, and this will probably require a couple minutes. Okay. But Joey Celadone, how do you want to be remembered by... What type of legacy do you want to leave behind? Hmm. There's so many things that you've already... Your resume <laughs> stacked. I mean, you started when you were eight. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> nah, I don't know. You know, it's... I don't, I don't want to be remembered by any specific product or... Mm-hmm. Or thing, necessarily. I'd rather be remembered by an idea or ideas or a way of being, you know, mm-hmm. a way of thinking. I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's more timeless. Yep. Whereas things we design, the things, the the props in in, in our, uh, um, our our life performance. Yep. Uh, those things, you know, like most things are fleeting and, and become outdated. And some things faster than others, like consumer electronics mm-hmm. and gadgets and tech. Um, you know, you have like like I feel like furniture and like. 
things you wear, well, no, that's fashion, that goes up style quick too. So yeah, my point is like, yeah, how do you, how do you create something timeless, right? What is yeah. truly timeless? Um, well, you still have a lot of time, so do, I'm sure that. Do I? <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that there's something that you'll do that will, people will be like, you know, this guy's contribution to the design field is X. You know. Yeah, I hope like so. Like no one, like you said, like products are things that will. You know, I I think a lot of people remember like if we talk about Dieter Rams just because this movie came out, mm -hmm. but you know, yeah, people will refer to it as products, but people know Dieter Rams because of his principles. That's right. That's right. So you got it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and and how he applied them to yeah two things, but you're right. Yep. Yep. So okay, I mean, yeah. obviously, I don't think I was gonna get an answer, but I'm sure a lot of people don't think about that. Yeah, and I'm, I don't have any one specific thing, yeah. but it's more of a, a mantra, an ethos. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think we should start telling people, younger people, to think about that now. I think that could influence them mm. to do good work, to, to give. Yeah. You know, actually, I, in all the portfolio reviews I give, which happen to be <laughs> a lot, because um, they get, you know, Instagram messages or emails, LinkedIn, from students and and every every review I give, I, I tell them probably most most often the first thing piece of advice I give is you know put your design mantra like what do you stand for put that on your cover put that on your first you know like tell me first and then uh, you know why do you even design right mm -hmm. why am I why should I even care and then every project you have in your portfolio should be a reflection of that, right? Yep. And that's, I mean, that's a powerful thing. That's good, yeah. Well, Joey, thank you so much. I'm gonna fist bump you, because I don't wanna, there you go. <laughs> uh, thank you for being on yeah. our podcast. Um, we really appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, we don't know when the next one's gonna be. It could be tomorrow, it could be Saturday, who knows. Um, but we don't have a schedule of things, of who, a lot of this is spontaneous, but for those who tuned in, Thank you so much, and see you guys later. Good night, and uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs>